talk about the day where you quit your job and you're like, from here on out, it's music. What was that day like for you? Ooh, it was it was like a big old question mark because I told my wife I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm gonna stop working and I'm gonna do this full time. So it was like a blank stare. Like she looked at me like, so what you gonna do? It's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this full time, you know. Which the answer I thought she was gonna give me, I wasn't expecting it because she was like, you know what? Go ahead on and quit. I just I hold you down. She was like, but if you don't get no work in the next six months, guess what? You going back to work. <laughs> <laughs> that was her exact word. She was like, I'll hold you down for six months. She was like, if you don't get no calls in six months, you going back to work. Welcome to Musically Hitched, a podcast featuring the untold stories of entertainment professionals from household names to budding superstars and those still hidden in plain sight. Each life has a soundtrack. Our stories are the lyrics. I'm Zach Reynolds Jr. And I'm Crystal Reynolds. This This is is Musically Hitched. Small town. Big dreams, loads of talent. Our guest on this episode of Musically Hitched is Demetrius Everett, AKA Meet the Drummer. His character and professionalism have cemented his music career. From the musician's corner of the church to mainstream international stages, Demetrius found his groove and never looked back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Musically Hitched. I'm your host, Zach Reynolds Jr., and I've got a special treat for you today. This guest and I go way back. We've done a lot of work together. He is a fantastic musician. He's an even better person. He's a husband. He's a father. He's no other than Mr. Demetrius Meet Everett. How you doing, my brother? Good. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man, of yeah. course. It's a no-brainer, man. No-brainer. We got stories to tell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, man. So we always get started with, like, just the origins, man. Like, where did you get started? Where are you from? Okay. Well, I actually live in Greenville, but I'm originally from Atlanta, North Carolina, a little small, little small town. Small town. Okay. Yeah. But I, um, how I got started, my, my father was a drummer. Okay. So by the age two, I was showing pretty much a lot of interest in playing and by the age four, I was already the church drummer. Four? By the age four. Yeah. Wow. And so I pretty much beat my dad out of his job at the age four. <laughs> <laughs> at the age four. Yeah. So your dad is out of a job. Out of a job, four. yeah. Started wow. traveling around six and seven. I started traveling, you know, with the church. And, you know, and my career really began from there. Mm-hmm. At the age seven, I started traveling. Yeah. Okay. So when we've talked about several guests have, you know, it's, it's hard to find some people these days. Uh, particularly if they were reared in the South, that would not say that they had a start in church, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not everybody's story, but it's a common theme, particularly yeah. in the Bible Belt. Exactly. So uh, that's your first opportunity to play publicly, I'm assuming, in mm-hmm. church. So mm-hmm. were you learning at home? Were you practicing at the church? When did you actually play? In- it was, it was kind of hard because I didn't get my first drum set till I was 16. Really? <laughs> really. So I couldn't get to the church to practice. So I ended up practicing like on books, Pots, pans, mm-hmm. pillars, you know, so it really, really taught me how to be able to, you know, sit down in any type of situation and just play. So what was that? What was the conversation like or what has your dad told you over the years? Because I'm sure you've asked this question like, mm-hmm. you know, Dad, how did you know I was ready? What has he said to you that let you know that you were ready to do that? For? 
my matter of fact, my dad said when I was one, he said every time a song would come on, he would notice that I would actually be on the tempo. I would be on the beat. Rhythm. On the rhythm. So yeah. you'd be locked. I would be you locked. He said he'd put a pair of sticks in my hand. He said, I'm actually playing to the song. He said he knew right then that I was gonna be a drop. So that's almost like, you know, some people have perfect pitch. I don't know if you do, but mm-hmm. some people have perfect pitch. That's almost like perfect tempo. Mm-hmm. Like, you just no training at all. Mm-hmm. It was there. But you got it on it. So your dad... My dad was a drummer, yeah. Has he been a drummer his whole life? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, it, so did it start with him? Did music start with your dad, or is, does someone else in the family have the music gift as well? Which is weird, because my family is known for singing. It just, so musical, but not music, necessarily playing. Yeah, it skipped, it skipped over me. Everybody in my family can sing. My father's the only one that can play drums. Ah. So I can't sing. All my brothers can sing. My <laughs> sister can sing. My mom. Everybody can sing but me. And I got the talent to play drums. Music okay. Yeah. But so you, but your, your, your drumming is extraordinary. Right? I know that personal experience. <laughs> so I imagine if your siblings sing the way you play drums, you guys were pretty <laughs> talented family. <laughs> Not to be messed with, right? right. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. So, when did it become? I'm gonna be a professional drummer. All right. So we end up moving. Me and my wife, we moved to because I got married early. You know, so in the process, all of that, I got married. So um, I just moved to Greenville. Ty Trivia was coming to Greenville to do a concert, and so I was on the opening act as a drummer. So the guy was like, "Look, man, you just moved to Greenville. We gonna give you a solo." So I'm like, who does that? You know, he's like, just just take the solo. This was an artist, like a local artist. Yeah, this is this is a local before. artist. This was a con- big concert in Greenville, and Todd Tribute was like the headline. The headline. And so they give me the solo. You know, I'm playing, and I just I just went berserk because that was my first time <laughs> actually on a big stage. The lights and the crowd. Yeah, that was my first the time. The energy is yeah, the energy. Yeah, I'm awesome. I'm used to playing church, so mm-hmm. that right there, I'm like. I would love to do this, you know. So that night, you know, it went by. So I ended up talking to um, Pudge Tribbett. He was he was playing for Ty Tribbett at that time. He was a drummer. He was the drummer. Okay. And so after you know afterwards, I went up to him. I was like, hey man, you know, what I need to do to get to where you're doing? Like what what I need to do? And he was like, hey man, just just keep doing what you're doing. Just just keep playing. Don't give up. And that stuck with me. That yeah. it, it just it changed my life. So I knew I knew at that night. This is what I want to do. I don't know how I'm gonna get to this point, but I'm gonna do it, mm-hmm. and and I and I was stuck with it, man. That that advice seems a lot of people, our listeners, might think that that's generic. Like you've heard, you've heard, I've heard it over and over again. Don't give up. Right. But talk to us about the importance of literally not giving up, like continuing to do it either the same way or intensifying mm-hmm. your process so that you get good enough to where it actually can become. Your living. So, in other words, how do you, how do you not give up? By not telling yourself no. Once, once you invite that two letter, that N O. Once you invite that into yourself, you no longer gonna overcome that. So you can no longer. I don't use the word I can't. Yeah. I don't use the word no. Right. You can't accept that word. So you have, you have to keep going, and you have to know for yourself, even you know if it don't look like that. You have to you have to keep pushing that extra that extra step that extra mile. I always call it second win. Mm-hmm. You know, just like when you run in that race and feel like you know you about to lose that race, 
that second win kicked yeah, in somehow yeah, that yeah. I mean, you, you get that boost so it's the same thing you know with, with a career like, yeah, you, you have to go into that second year and, and not give up. You just got to know it and just keep saying it to yourself every day. And another thing that I do, like I have like this, um, this notes in my phone. And I always like just talk. It's like I talk to myself like a diary. I'm always putting stuff on my phone. Like I'm going to do this one. I'm right. going to do this. Right. And I always, every time I get down, I always go to the phone and just go to that same one. Like this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. This, this is going to happen for you, me. This is going to happen. Yeah. You know. So affirmation, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Just practicing positive self-talk. So that's the verbal side of it. What about the, what does the physical activity side of don't give up look like? In other words, somebody who is, let's say when you met that gentleman, mm-hmm. you were practicing, let's say you were practicing two, three times a week. What would not giving up look like after that moment? When he says, you can do this too. But you gotta not give up. So, right. what does your activity start to look like on the drums? So, so what I what I started doing, man, I just started like looking up other dramas. I started googling live shows. So, what I started doing, I started going to a lot of live shows and just checking out different scenes. Okay, this guy's doing this. This person is doing this. So, what I did, I instead of me doing a whole lot of practicing, I started going and seeing what them guys doing. And then after the show, I would go up there and talk to him. Even if it was a church show, I'd go up and talk to the guy. Hey, man, you know, how'd you do this? Like, can you give me any type of advice or whatever? And I just took all that in and started acting, you know, acting on it. Did anybody ever refuse to give you advice? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that doesn't always work. So you, it was more about you being willing to not give up right, right. and continue to pursue the information. Exactly. Because you do meet musicians along the way, unfortunately. Right that may not want to help, that right. may not want to assist. And then at the time, they, you know, they're tired, they, they don't feel like talking, so mm-hmm. I still take that as, okay, I go to the next man. Yeah. You just, you just got to, you know, as a, especially as a musician, like you got you got to want it. Yeah. Just because somebody said no, don't mean you stop. Right. Like right. when they said no, hey, okay, I'm going to second gear, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. you know? Les Brown says you got to be hungry. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's, that's good stuff, man, because a lot of people, I think, you know, think about, those words and it's just like just get be very discouraged. Yeah. Particularly if you meet someone and, and then there's the people that not only say I'm not gonna share, but they may say you should quit. You know, this is or this is not realistic for you. Mm-hmm. I'm about to quit. You know, why would you pursue this? There's a lot of discouragement along the way in the lives of musicians too that you have to know how to navigate and overcome exactly. in order for you to make it long enough mm-hmm. to get around to an opportunity. So we'll we'll Transition a little bit now. You're you're in adulthood. You're playing drums seriously, but I'm assuming not full time musician. Yet, right, right, right. So what are you doing right now? You committed to drums, but you're not necessarily paying the bills with drums. So what right. were you doing in the meantime? Man, I was I was doing like maybe four jobs. <laughs> I was working at a uh, and a lot of people don't know that. And, and I'm going to tell you this. A lot of people don't even know that I was doing janitor work. Man, I was working at a car dealership. Oh, wow. Okay. I, wow. I just want anything to make, to make money. So I'm cutting grass. I'm cleaning toilets. I'm cleaning toilets, man. So it's like, I'm looking at myself like, hold on, man. I got this talent. Why am I doing this? Like, I don't deserve this. But I, like I said, I kept telling myself, one day I'm going to be doing something else. One day I'm going to be using my hands, my feet. I'm going to be on somebody's stage. I'm going to be torn. That's the real. So that's what we need to hear. That's what Musically Hits is all yeah. about. You, you, you're at this point, you're musically hits. You're, you're staying connected to the music, but it's not necessarily providing for exactly. you. Exactly. 
And that's the that's the thing that we want everybody to know. You got to stay with music long enough mm-hmm. to where you're taking care of it. And if you take care of it, I'm sure you agree with this. Eventually, it's going to start taking care of you. It's going it's going to pay off. Like I said, I was and Maxry. I was working at Maxry. I was I was doing four jobs, and I met these jobs like got music just going all in my head. And I'm like, man, ah, I wish I was on somebody's stage right now. You know, right? Cleaning the toilet, like. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna be here all day. I, I know I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. I'm not gonna be here always. You know, you got to just got to keep telling yourself that. Right. You right. know, and that's what I did. I kept telling myself that for a couple of years. Then after a while, that one call came. My life changed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So so you and you so you were working hard. That I was, was working hard. Yeah. Not a question about whether you were willing to work, working hard, but you also had to find a way to keep practicing. I imagine you were exhausted. Exactly. After the, that type of work schedule for somebody else, and mm-hmm. then you come home to work on your dream, and you're tired. So how do you fight through that moment? Where you're like exhausted from other stuff, mm-hmm. and now the dream needs work. How and, do you give the dream? And the that time? was hard because at that time we was living in an apartment. So by the time I get home, it's dark. Yeah, so, everybody's home. Right? You know, everybody's home. The neighbor that's under me, he was already complaining because when I do try to practice, man, you're too loud. So I had to go back to the books, mm. which started me out. So I had to go back to that. Right. And my pillows. So I would put my headphones in, listen to music, and, and I used to watch a lot of stuff too. So, but to me, audio is the best thing. I didn't want to watch and see what was going on. I wanted to like listen. Hear it. So okay. I would listen, you know, pull my books out, playing on the pillow. In due time, I knew, you know, I would be able to have a house or have a studio. But at that time, I had to do what I had to do. Were you still playing in church at this time? Was that I'm still playing at church. Still, okay. still playing at church. So you getting? Are you getting paid at, at your church? And getting, at getting paid at the church, okay. but not much. Right. But I was getting, I was getting paid. Okay. So church. if you remember, your first check. You don't have to say who it was, but what? <laughs> how much was your first check? When I was playing at my church, it was like, we're not going to pay you. You know, we're not going to pay you right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you you're a child. You grew up in this church, so I didn't I didn't start getting paid at my church until I was grown. Okay. You know. That was just like a rule that they had. So Yeah, which I mean, you know how you grew up in a church, it's like, we're not gonna pay you. You've been playing since you was four. Mm-hmm. You know. So my first check was like twenty five dollars. I was mm-hmm. grown then. Wow. You know. Wow. So I was at that time I was I was faithful, you know, and I didn't ask for money. Mm-hmm. But once I got married, you know, my other hand was like, hey, you yeah. know, <laughs> we got bills. Right. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to pay you? You're real good, you know. You know, I'm like, no, nah, you know, I'm going to just stay faithful. You know, God God will make the way for me one day, mm-hmm. you know. So your wife is, is, is also becoming instrumental at this point. She's, exactly. she's encouraging Inc- the gift and also encouraging the, the business side of it. Exactly. That there is like, there are people that play like you play that get, paid full time exactly. or pay, get paid enough to where they don't have to hold down other jobs right you shouldn't take that amount right, right? get paid but don't don't accept right. less right? right so at that point when did it click for you that I've got to not only take my wife's advice take my own advice about not giving up when did it click that I can make a living from it when did you how did you transition from multiple jobs $25 on a Sunday mm-hmm. to Okay, I think I can quit these jobs. I think it it all just clicked when I did my very first gig, which I went down in flames. I would never forget that moment. <laughs> it was with um this jazz artist Marcus Johnson out of D.C. Yeah, okay. You know, okay. yeah, we was we was in Fairview. I got the call for that. 
I bombed that, but the, the good thing I like about that is after the show, he put me to the side and just told me, okay, this is what you need to work on. This is what you need to work on. You know, we're still going to pay you, even though you, you didn't do that well. But, you know, do this, listen to this guy, listen to this guy, and then everything is going to work out. So when I, when I got that check, man, it was like, wow, I could really make this much playing the drums? Mm-hmm. And so it clicked like, okay, I really need to buckle down, learn what I need to learn do I need to do so I can make this every week or, you know, make this in a day, two days, and just let it just go from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in other words, now, I'm not sure, did you lose that gig? Was that like your last gig? The the artist paid you, but did he call you back? Yeah, he he called me back. Actually, I was was filling in at that time, so Mm -hmm. they had to put a band together, Mm -hmm. you know. So he told me what I needed to work on. I worked on that. And so he said, the next time I see you, you better be a whole different player. <laughs> right. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm continually amazed at how many guests have had a major failure. And so had it, if it's not for people sharing, you know, some people think great drummers, great guitarists, great singers, uh, whatever, have always been great. No, like no. from four right. <laughs> to 44. They've never had a bad gig. Oh, nah. They've never went down in flames. Yeah, I was ready, nope. to, go, I was ready to go home, man. Nobody's ever, you know, ate your lunch and <laughs> read you your rights and right. sent you sent you home. We've yeah, had a I'm, lot of guests that's like, I blew it, man. Yeah. And you thought, at least in your mind, for you it was like, man, it's, it's, I screwed up. It's over. Oh, I knew it. Like the, the whole show, while we was playing, I'm looking at my watch like, That's okay. a horrible feeling, too. And I'm like, I'm yeah. ready to go home. Like, yeah. and I'm looking around at the band like, I want to go home. Yeah, because yeah. it was uncomfortable feeling. I, yes. I wasn't used to that, you know. And what what happened was, all I knew was church. Mm. And so the guys told me, they said, "Hey man, learn the music." But Mark is going, he going, he going to turn his music. So I'm like, I know this stuff. I'm good. Yeah. So we get a sound check, and he was like, "Hey, for this song here," he said, "You playing it right?" He said, "But give me an Erica Badu type of feel." <laughs> I don't know who Erica Badu is at that at that time. So I'm just. Playing this, the same church way, so he turns around like, no, 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 Erica Badu, never yeah. got it right. So he, go to the next song, go to the next song. He was like, okay, for this song here, give me like some smooth neo and swinging on the ride. I'm completely lost because right. I don't know nothing about that. Right. So when we get in, you know, after sound check, he put me to the side. Was like, hey man, calm down. I'm sweating. I'm sweating hard like I already just did yeah. the gig. Mm-hmm. He said, just calm down, man. You're gonna be okay. When we get to the show, I mean, the start of the show, he flipped everything again. So I'm back there like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. This is that same gig. This, this is, is the same yeah, gig. Yeah. And the way Marcus Johnson plays, he's in front. Yeah, yeah. So the whole show, he did this, just turning around, just turning around on me like, yeah. like what are you doing? <laughs> the band looking at me, and I'm just like, man, I, yeah. I just want to go home. Like, this, this ain't for me. It made me check myself like, Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ready for this, you know. Mm, right, and that's a pivotal moment because some people, right. in that moment, some people would decide to give up. Exactly. They would say, it's not for me. I'm not cut out for this. And look at how bad I feel right now, exactly. how bad I'm doing in this yeah. moment, which is reality. And they just, they hang it up. Yep. And so I can imagine the pressure that you were feeling oh, in that yeah. moment where it's oh, just, yeah. and there's no, there's no, he didn't sing anything. He talked to the crowd a few times, but. It's a musical conversation exactly, exactly. for about two hours. You and, know what I'm saying? And that was my first gig. First. Wow. My first gig was like a, a major big gig. Mm. So I was pretty much out of my lane. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> what would you say to musicians who, like you, got have gotten their start in the church, 
maybe there's someone still playing in church right now or they just haven't gotten their first major uh, commercial opportunity Mm -hmm. right outside of uh, the church environment or whatever their current environment is what do they need to know about moving from one genre to the other I I would say listen to all genres of music even while you're at church you know, at a lot of churches, they'll be like, you don't need to listen to that. You know, that's the devil's music. Because you know? <laughs> that that was was told to me. Right. You don't need to listen to that. That's the devil's music. But it got me. <laughs> I mean, it got me. I paid for it because I didn't I didn't know that right. genre of music. Right. So I would just say, you know, learn it. You don't have to, like, learn the lyrics or whatever, but learn the form of, learn the art of it. Learn yeah. how to play different styles, you know, of music. Right. I say this all the time to people who ask me about the difference sacred and secular that that that's going to be a that's always going to be a, a battle to the end of time but god created music right and there's no such thing as an unholy a flat right an a flat is an a flat right so you've got to learn it regardless of what genre you're playing and there's really only one way to play it's got three notes you know? mm-hmm. so you put them together the tempo the phrasing the coloring all of that stuff is what changes but you've got to know music so theory is one thing right knowing mm-hmm. knowing your theory is cool even if you don't understand how to read i'm not endorsing not reading but you can get a great understanding of, of the language of music right even before you can read music mm-hmm. right so making that transition was huge for you so after that moment you crash and burn the artist props to him doesn't throw you in the trash can right. he doesn't like you know ruin your life by saying you'll never be a drummer that type of stuff so you t- what did you take from that moment what how did that moment inform and inspire you moving forward i definitely took in everything that he told me and he told me this one particular drummer to study his name is jj williams and i think i studied jj williams for like the next six months every day mm-hmm. every day i was just looking at some type of live show or listening to some type of audio that jj williams was playing because the way he played it fit my plan because like Marcus Johnson was telling me he was like you can play he was like you can groove he was like you just need to know other styles of music mm-hmm. he was like once you once you learn that and once you know the difference between verse chorus dynamics in the song he was like man you'll be good to go so I took all of that like okay and I didn't know the difference when you know when you get to the verse you need to come on down on it. you know either rim shot or if you're going to play the snare come down on that name set each transition up i didn't know none of that stuff you know but that really helped me at a you know, as a, at a better plan so just yeah, plan. kind of had like a self-study right, right plan in place and then you're learning by observing and by doing at the same time exactly. so take me to the day where okay you've been doing a lot of learning a lot of doing and you're still making money but trying to help our listeners understand that there is a transition that has to happen and sometimes it's not easy Talk about the day where you quit your job and you're like, from here on out, it's music. What was that day like for you? Ooh, it was, it was like a big old question mark because I told my wife, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to stop working and I'm going to do this full time. So it was like a blank stare. Like she looked at me like, so what you going to do? It's like, I'm going to do this full time, you know? Which the answer I thought she was going to give me, I wasn't expecting it because she was like, you know what? Go ahead on and quit. I just, I hold you down. She was like, but if you don't get no work in the next six months, 
Guess what? You going back to work. <laughs> <laughs> that was her exact word. She was like, I'll hold you down for six months. She was like, if you don't get no calls in six months, you're going back to work. And you're in you're in Greenville, so Greenville is not right. the largest city <laughs> right. in North Carolina, let alone the world. So where were the calls gonna come from in your mind that she, that she was banking on you receiving? Man, I was I was pretty much going off faith. But what I did, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise somebody to do this, but it helped me. So what I was doing each weekend, you know, I had my little blank CDs and, and a business card. I would go to like different shows, you know. After the show, I'd pass them out to like the MD. I even give them to the drums, like, hey man, you need to fill in. Just listen to my stuff, man. I was like, you know, I just want to fill in position. Yeah, network. Yeah, network. Yeah. So some guys, they, you know, they took it in. Some guys, they look like, like get out of here, you cornball. You know? <laughs> but it worked because I ended up getting calls to be a fill-in. And then once people actually heard me play, my name just, it just went. That's awesome. I had played with Marcus Anderson. I had filled in. Um, his drummer was Tank at the time. I filled in, did that gig. Couple of months went by, so Tank. I get a call from Tank, and he was like, "Look, man, I'm about to um, move to LA." He was like, "So I think you'll be the perfect fit for Marcus." So I'm like, "Hey, man, you know, I'll be glad to do it, man. Just let him know." He said, "You already, you know, do the filling." He was like, "So this will be perfect for you." And at that time, I, I needed something. I'm, I'm getting close to my six months, so it's mm -hmm. like, okay. Some got to happen. And you're nailing shows at this point. You're yeah, not, I'm you're still. Not, you're yeah. not dropping the ball on shows. Right, anymore. right. You right. learned that lesson yeah, a long time right, ago. So. Right. Okay. So I'm playing. You know, I'm getting other gigs, whatnot. So I get a call from from Marcus Anderson. He was like, "Hey, man, you know, um, my drummer's moving out to L.A." He's like, "I'd love for you to be my full time drummer." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, I would love to do that." And mm -hmm. then after that, the rest was history, man. You know, so I've been playing with Marcus now. Maybe 10 years now. 10 years. Maybe about okay. 10 years, 9, 10 years. Okay. Yeah. And that was 10 years ago was around the time that we were also working together exactly. uh, with an artist. So tell me about that. When I met you, of course, you came highly recommended. So you were already, you know, doing your thing. Mm -hmm. uh, that was pre the Mark, Marcus Anderson days. But I already knew the first time I heard you, like you were more than good enough to be a full-time drummer at that point. Mm -hmm. And we had some monster musicians as a part right. of that particular crew. <laughs> what did it mean to you to get that call? Because both of us were working with an American Idol uh, finalist at the time. What did it mean to you to get that particular call? Because you got that call before the market. Right, call. right. That, man, that, actually that was like my, to me that was like my first major, major call. Because it's like, oh man, like I get the chance to actually, tour you know that mm -hmm. that's when i kept hearing a word tour like i didn't know right. what that was so i'm like wow you know this guy on was on american idol and i get to play with guys from other cities you know mm -hmm. raleigh you know so i was like this is cool so this really is going to be a good learning experience right. for me you know playing with with the click tracks mm -hmm. and all of that you know so it was new to me but i i knew that that was going to be like the stepping stone for something that's greater for me in the future. So that was the first time playing with a click track in a yeah, show? Yeah, my first time. Oh, wow. First okay. time playing with a click track. Yeah, man. first time playing with a click track. <laughs> my bad. 
Yeah, I just didn't, I just didn't panic, you know, because I knew I knew I could lock in, you know. Like yeah. I said, that came from playing. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I that, tell. that came, you know, that came with playing with the pots and the pans, you know, that type of thing, like keeping my tempo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I used to do, I used to get my brother, you know, to clap his sticks. You know, he beat the sticks, and I'm just doing like different chops and different wow. feels. Okay. So it taught me how to actually like like lock in. Yeah. So when the first time I heard that click, I was like. This is different, you know. So, you know, I didn't pan. I just played it cool, so I can keep the job. Yeah, right. <laughs> Brother get tired every now and then. <laughs> Clicked on them, get tired, right? It just keeps uh-uh. going. That's awesome. So, so you get we that, we had that run. That was a, that was a successful run. And then you get the call after that mm-hmm. uh, to to work with Marcus Anderson. So it's been ten years, and and obviously he's a fantastic musician. Mm-hmm. And so the schedule and the regularity that he had having been an accomplished musician himself at that stage, mm-hmm. uh, it's just continued to, I assume, for you to yeah. get busier and busier mm-hmm. as his career has progressed. So, but you've also worked with other artists along the ways, but but to pay a little homage to, to Marcus Anderson, what have you learned as the first call drummer for that particular show, for that opportunity? What have you learned over the years working with him? Man, I have learned a lot, especially as, you know, being being a drum, a lot of times we can relax and just be real cool. But one thing I did learn from Marcus is, hey, you know, the crowd is watching you too. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, you, you have to let them know that you back there having a good time. Right. So sometimes, you know, look at the crowd and smile when you do a certain feel, like mean what you just did, yeah. you know? Right. So I right. did, I learned a whole lot by, you know what I'm saying, being on, on, a, on a show and just showing that I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Showmanship. Showmanship, yeah. Right, it's coming out. So you're, you're evolving, and so you're basically communicating from the drums. Yeah, exactly. Because that's some people's favorite part of the show. I've, I've seen that over and over again. For the years, some people will come up and literally like tip the drum or tip a singer or tip mm-hmm. a guitarist because they literally just connect with that particular instrument or that particular person on the stage. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, people are watching you. If, you, if you're not careful, that's right. people are watching you more than you know. <laughs> Because uh, all eyes on you. Because you got one job. Right? One job, right. But the audience, we talk about sometimes thousands of people, mm-hmm. and everybody got two eyes. Right. So they see and a they, whole lot more. Yeah, than we and do, they right? can see that. So they yeah. like, the drummer looking like he don't want to be there tonight. You know? <laughs> right. And we talked about that uh, in, in previous episodes as well about the, the little things that you can do. It's one thing to get the gig, it's another thing to be able to keep it. And see, that's not musical. What he was talking to you about was about how to conduct yourself. Mm-hmm. So talk about some of your, maybe a couple of tips, not all of them, but a few nuggets. What would you tell people about how to keep a gig? How do you keep the gig after you get it? Number one thing, don't be so opinionated. That, that can get, get you kicked off a gig quick. Being so opinionated, you have to always remember when somebody bring you in, they're the artist. You know, even sometimes, even if you don't like certain things that's that's going on, you know, you actually have the option to walk away. But once you start being so opinionated about things, you know, that'll rub an artist, the manager, that'll rub them the wrong way. So that's number one. Number two, always be on time, uh, making sure you you know the music, and and just be a, a friendly person. You know, be approachable. You know. And, and stay in your lane that'll, that'll help you keep the gig. You know? yeah. 
What are some of the realities of life as a touring musician now that you're, you're, you've been a full-time musician for years now, mm-hmm. travel all across the country, playing with numerous artists? Uh, what are some of the realities of life, particularly like as a husband and, and a father? I know you have a young son now. Mm-hmm. So what has that been like for you? How do you maintain both family and tour life? You have to separate. You definitely have to separate the two. And my wife, she, she tell me that all the time. She's like, look, when you get off that plane, you not meet the drummer. <laughs> when you get off that plane, you husband meet, you meet, you take out the trash, <laughs> you cut the grass, type meat, you right. know. So you, you have to separate the two and, and know, you know, and, and I know that when I get home, I already know, you know, I have, I'm a handyman, I'm a husband, you know, I'm a father, so I have to mm. do those things and not act like, hey, you got to cater to me. I yeah. just... I just got off the plane. I'm tired, and you know she's tired too because right. you know she got to cook, got mm-hmm. to you know wash the clothes. Hold it down while you were gone. Well, right. I'm gone. Right. So when I get back, you know I know. Okay, back to reality now. You know right. it's, it's dad mode. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that's that's a big responsibility, and a lot of people feel like you know when you when you become a a husband or you become a wife or you become a dad, a mom, you may need to just put your music to the side. So you have found a way to be committed both on on the husband side as well mm-hmm. as on the dad side and be committed to the music so you're musically hitched but you're hitched in other ways right and so in each one of those things pulls on you in a unique way mm-hmm. and none of them are the same your wife is not the same as the drums and right, your son right. is not the same exactly. as your wife yeah. so it does require you to be multifaceted would you agree yeah i definitely yeah. i definitely agree and it, it it takes a lot you know because a lot of times like i said like we have to learn as as a musician we have to learn so much music and sometimes it can be mentally draining Mm -hmm. and if you're not careful you can really treat your spouse or or your child you can be uptight because i got to learn all this music i don't feel like being bothered right but you have to know like you have to you have to separate the two so what i do is at times when i know they sleep that's the best time for me to learn the music right early in the morning two three i know they even though I don't want to get up at the time, mm. I know I have to separate the two. So I get up early, early in the morning, learn the music. So by the time they get up, you know, I can be like, hey, you know, how y'all doing? Yeah, what not? You know, I won't be, yeah, yeah, I won't be burnt out. Like, hey, don't talk to me right now. I'm trying to learn this music, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So timing, scheduling. So scheduling. as a musician, if you're going to make it as a musician, you got to be able to prioritize, mm-hmm. right? So depending on the, the what's on your plate, you got to decide who gets you know what right, and right. you can't leave you can't drop any balls you can't you can't just forsake your your partner you can't forsake your kids mm-hmm. and you know you can't forsake the music right because that's that's, <laughs> that's 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 where the bacon comes right, from right 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 so we, there's a lot of things that we could talk about but i do want to ask you before we skip to another part some of the artists that you're playing with now so marcus is not the only artist that you currently play for so right. who are some of the other artists that you're playing for now um, it's another artist, um, Mumu Fresh. She's like a hip hop type artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing with her since 2018. Okay. Um, it's another pop artist named ZZ Ward. She's out of California. Mm-hmm. So between those three, I'm pretty much busy with those three artists. Yeah. So tell us how you got. There was the, both of those gigs are different types of gigs as well. So right. the, genres the genres are not necessarily the same. So you're right. playing with a jazz artist, mm-hmm. right? You're playing with an artist that does what soul, uh, reggae, mm-hmm. hip hop, hip hop, yeah, and then someone who does like was it straight pop, pop blues, pop blues, yeah, right. So you you you're well versed, 
right at this stage of your career and you're able to switch right. you know from show to show so if you had each artist had a show let's say one artist has a show on wednesday another one you fly to this one on thursday mm-hmm. and then you fly to the next one on friday you could potentially play six seven genres of music in what 72 hours exactly right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of music <laughs> and how many songs would you say that is in your let's say you did a, sh- a full show with each one of the artists according to their current show how many how many songs would that be oh man we we talking about anywhere from maybe 40 50 songs 40 50 songs if that probably oh. more than that depends on how much time we have for the show mm-hmm. full songs intros full, full, outros full songs yeah the whole nine click track stems all of that wow. so it's like <laughs> if i've missed something it's gonna throw that whole song off because mm-hmm. as a drummer i have to count everybody in right so and a lot of a lot of the shows that i do only i have the click right so i have to know every count in so if the county is four and i'm thinking eight song already in i haven't even led the band in oh, so yeah. it's over right you know mm-hmm. yeah wow. everything starts and can end <laughs> from, <laughs> from the jump so what do you say to the person who says look that's nice but i got a lot going on and that's why i can't learn the music you hear that from time to time I hear that all the time from people who yeah. say they want to be artists who say they want to be professional musicians you clearly got a lot going on and we just talked about three different artists that all consider you their main drummer. Mm-hmm. So what do you think would happen to you if you began to live by the philosophy, I got a lot going on? I, I will be home <laughs> fast. <laughs> I will be home because the thing is, and I think a lot of musicians, they they forget that. Like if, you're, if your friend, your buddy, if he brings you on a gig, always know you cannot mix the friendship and the business mm. because he's trying to do his job. That's so you you can't slack because just like the Moo Moo Fresh gig, my friend, you know, he called me for that gig. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he put me on that gig and, right. and he's the MD. Wow. So I can't slack up because he's my homeboy. Mm-hmm. He's going to send me home. Yeah. Right. So I, I know that. So, you, so know, you can damage your career and you can potentially damage your relationship. Relationship, exactly. And some people say, well, why does it have to damage my relationship? Well, it's the same thing as lying to a person. Yep. You made a promise to me that you were going to deliver on this music. Exactly. I had you in mind. I called you instead of all the other people I could have called. Mm-hmm. And when it when it counted, you let me down. Yep. Or the, what I thought was true about you was not true. That's right. That can damage a relationship. Yep. So you got to be careful. It's not. It's not that you take your friends more seriously than other people. But that's a unique dynamic, right? Yep. That this person, we had a relationship before this. Before this, yep. And and then if and how am I going to respond if he needs to go a different direction? Because sometimes you don't mess up on the gig. Sometimes the artist can say, mm-hmm. "I want this mm-hmm. particular drummer. I want this particular person because that's the direction I'm heading now. Mm-hmm. That's the look. We talked about the look in previous episodes about how your look has to even match an artist. Right. Right. You know, physically. Like if you you might be the gr- the greatest drummer in the world, mm-hmm. but you might not look like the vision for, that the artist has in their right. mind for the next ten years. Yep. <laughs> so so true. A lot so of different true. reasons why you know a gig could fizzle out, and you can but you want to keep your relationship strong. So we talked about networking. How has networking? We met through a network of people, right? Mm-hmm. How has networking served you in your career, and how does it continue to serve you at this point? Oh, and I I tell musicians all the time network. 
like network like just because you 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 meet the guy like if he don't put you on the gig right then don't worry about that just build that relationships mm -hmm. to me relationships relationships, relationships is everything mm -hmm. you know and and i and i love doing that that's why i love networking because i like to build that relationship with a person first like you don't have to always talk about music you know just talk about everyday life yeah you know and that's how that relationship build from absolutely there. Yeah. What's your favorite genre of music to play? You play many, but if you do, you have a personal favorite. Is there one that you gravitate to more than the other? Do you like a certain style versus other styles? I, I love fusion jazz, but since I've been playing hip hop, I'm more so like you know playing hip hop a whole lot now. You know. What is it about hip hop? The the groove of it, the the beat of it, because I like the groove anyway. Mm -hmm. So to be able to lock in with that beat, you know, and just adding, you know, little dynamics here and there. It's, it's just the beat of the hip hop that I, you know, that I like, I gravitate to. Mm -hmm. What are some of your, let's say like personal values, like companies have core values, but people do too, right? So what would you say are your core values? What do you live by and what guides you even outside of music at this point? Man, family, family and God, man, you know, because for me, with, without God, you, you can't do nothing, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I value that and I value family. Okay. Because, you know, without family, and, and, you know, sometimes people would say, I don't need friends, I don't need family, but yes, you do. Because at, at some point, you're going to get low and you need somebody to talk to. Because mm -hmm. if not, like, you're just going to be an angry person walking around carrying all that weight on your shoulders so you yeah. actually need somebody to talk to of yeah. course god but you you know you need family and friends yeah. so that's I, I value that yeah and the music business is a is a lonely business you spend a lot of time alone mm -hmm. right and even when you're on tour you can be on a tour bus and still feel like you're alone mm -hmm. you know it you know you, there is a such thing as what we call the musical family or our band family my band brother my band sisters but everybody needs their own space as well, mm -hmm. right? But when your loved ones are on the other side of the country and your band brothers and sisters right. also don't want to be bothered right now, mm -hmm. that's you by yourself. So in those moments, what are you, what are you, where do you find strength? Where do you find the ability to, okay, I'm not going to quit, but I'm also not in my sweet spot right, all right. the time. So how do you find peace in those moments? I talk to myself a lot, so to me, you know, that really gets me by, you mm -hmm. know, when I'm, when I'm at that, at that point, you know, I talk to God sometimes, you know, he don't talk back, <laughs> but I know, I know within is, is some type of, you know, force that's holding me, you know, giving me that peace, mm -hmm. you know, so to me, that, that holds me together, man, you know. Powerful, powerful stuff. So you have some independent music that you've created on your own you are not just a drummer but you are a producer a songwriter you know a creator so talk to us about your project what's the name of it where can people find it okay let's go back to 2013 when i got ready to put out my first album okay um, i got ready to put that out and you know i thought i was doing something I did like 13 songs. 13. 13 songs, and I took it to the engineer, and he was like, he listened to it, he was like, I can't put my name on that. Oh, like, wow. he was like, you hear this? And I'm like, 
no, this is what I want to do. He was like, no, no, no. He's I can't allow you to put this out. He was like, man, I could I could send your music to the next guy and they'll get your money. He was like, but take it from me, this is not ready. Wow. You don't need to put this out. And so I waited. No, I waited. And so what he did, he was like, you need to get around some better producers, get around some better musicians, you know, other artists that's actually have music out and learn from them. And that's what I did. So 2017, I put out my first album, nice. Life. Nice. Yeah. What, what was that engineer's first name? You don't have to say his last name. but Jeff. <laughs> I said Jeff Grimes. We, we laugh about it now. Anyway. Jeff Grimes. Jeff so Grimes, yep. Jeff Grimes was, did you a favor. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard to take, right? It's, it's hard to swallow. Yeah. But we should appreciate honesty. Yeah. We don't have you know a lot of people in our circles all the time that would be blunt as he was in that moment and say, this is the truth. Would you say that more independent artists need someone like a Jeff in their corner that they can trust and if it's trash, mm -hmm. they're going to say take out the trash? Oh, yes, right? yes, most definitely. Wow. Yep. Wow. So that was pivotal because that made, I'm assuming your second project, which is kind of your first, but yeah, right, was much better. Much better. Was he also involved? Did you get any feedback from he, him? He wasn't. You? He wasn't involved. You know, at that time because um, it was a hurricane, so he lost everything. So when I oh, got wow. ready okay. to go to him, he was like, "Man, you know, I don't have my studio anymore." Mm -hmm. So between 2013 2017, I actually built relationships with other musicians. Right. You know, other engineers. So I was able to grab the guys that I want to put on the album and end up recording, you know, at another studio. That's great. That's yeah. great. So you finished that project and how many how many songs on this project? It's 13, 13 songs on this one. Okay, you know, remind us of the title again for those listening. Um the title of his life called Life. Life. Okay. Yeah. And they can find it on um, music. It's, it's on all digital outlets, or you can go to my website, um, www.meetthedrummer.net. That's M-E-A-T-D-A-D-R-U-M-M-E-R.net. You heard it here. You heard it here. So what advice would you give in closing? What advice would you give to a young boy, a young girl, or anyone who may just be starting out either on drums or just their musical journey? What advice would you give to someone who wants to become the Demetrius Meet Everett of tomorrow? I, I would say, like, never, ne never give up. You know, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be hard. Like I, I can tell you, it's not gonna be easy. It's, it's gonna be hard. So never give up. Have a plan A. Have a plan B, and and just never, you know, defeat yourself. Like always know you can do it. Always know you can do it. You know, even if you have to do like I did, you know, put it put it on your phone, put it in your notes, mm -hmm. you know, and just keep going to that and saying, you know, I can do this, I can do this. So if you you keep telling yourself that enough, it's 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 going to happen. It's it's, it's going to happen. You just can't give up on it. Don't give up. Don't no. give it up. Don't give up. My brother, <laughs> it's been a pleasure, honor. Thank you for coming and joining us, taking time out of your busy schedule. Super busy guy, great musician. Great dad, great husband, just all great all around guy. I appreciate our relationship over the years and how we're still connected. And I appreciate what you did for the guest today. It's going to go a long, long ways. And I'm looking forward to hearing from people saying, "Hey, I took that advice. I, I, I refuse to give up." And right. look at me now. I'll make sure to share it with you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us again. This has been another fantastic episode of Musically Hit. I'm your host, Zach Rose Jr. We'll see you next time again. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Musically Hitched. 
You can support this podcast by following the show on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time. Thank you.